I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Teen Mom OG Quarantine Style. I'm your host, Mackenzie Fain, and with me tonight, I have the lovely... Hi guys, Brooke Solis Taylor here. I'm glad to be back. Sorry to have missed you guys last We episode. missed you last week. I know, so busy in quarantine. <laughs> I know, it's so crazy, but we've missed you, but we're so glad to have you back because we need your expertise in breaking down this whole episode. I'm sure you know there's a lot to go over. Oh, yes. This is a tough so, one. So we're on episode, season eight still, and we're episode 19 for you guys. It's called Goodbye for Now. I don't even want to like say the title because it makes me so emotional if you watch the episode you know exactly what we're talking about but Brooke I want to ask you before we jump in what are your overall thoughts like just a couple sentences overall thoughts on this goodness I was surprised with how soon just because in the last episode we see Mackenzie's mom saying you know I might not get chemo and she is concerned and they're surprised that she's lived as long as she had lived but I was surprised that she passed away so soon, even though I knew already that she had passed away. Well, that's what I was going to ask hard. you. You think that they did that because it was just like, people are wondering, they need to know, like they want to know how it played out. We need to move on. Or do you think that there was not enough filler for Mackenzie's storyline? I think that it might've been, who knows if it might've been hard for her to, to film with her mom or to see it back. I don't know if they were trying because I'm not exactly sure. Cause I know that I feel like there was a lot much more time in between uh, when she started getting bad to really bad. Cause I followed it on social media last year. Yeah. So I think that maybe they just tried to probably make it easier on us or easier on Mackenzie in terms of the process and kind of get to it. And I, I mean, really like what could they have captured? I don't, I mean, she was in the hospital. Like, what were they going to do? Stick a camera in Mackenzie's face while she, like... Yeah, every time she was going through the process. I think that just might have been tough watching her go through chemo. And um, But it was nice to see some of her last moments with her mom and some of the things that her mom said, like the, the episode before where her mom, you know, said, you know, I just want to make sure that my house paid off for my husband and that you are good and that you follow your heart and things get worked out. It's like I tough. Think- I don't know about you, but I literally couldn't see through my tears. I know. I was so emotional. That was probably like one of the hardest things I've ever seen on this show, ever. To no, I was, when I was watching it on my computer, my fiance came in and I was like full on bawling. He's like, what's wrong? What's going on? I'm like, this girl's mom just died. He's like, who's mom? I'm like, no, no, no. You don't know her. But I was just like, really? Yeah, it was so hard not to. Even just like thinking about it and you bringing it up, like I have full body chills. It was just so emotional. And the things this woman had to say in her last moments and her last days are just like mind boggling. She's just such an incredible, sweet woman. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, really go back and listen to her. And I'll point out some quotes that I have written down from her because they're just incredible. But yeah, I mean, like, like, let's just get it's right weird. into it. It's weird to think about because technically she knew she had a limited time. They had told her 
you know, seven months ago that she only had six months to live. So knowing that you're on borrowed time and knowing that, hey, it could be any day, any month, that's tough because we all know we're going to die. But to know that it's going to be so soon, it just makes you kind of stop and really think about life and like existentialism and why we're here and how we're spending our time. So it's, it's hard. 100%. And then you think about how she was only supposed to live four months and then it had been two years. So it's like, you're that far mm-hmm. away from, you know, what they predicted for you. Like, how do you even, it's just so crazy. I, and I can understand how McKinsey wouldn't be focused on trying to, um, heal or like repair what, what was going on with her husband, because boy, she's still not, it seems it's obvious that she's still not over it. And she doesn't feel like she can walk down the aisle comfortably or renew her vows comfortably. But I wouldn't be able to think about that at all. If I never knew, you know, if what day was my last with my mom. No, I'm curious of the quotes you got, you wrote down. Yeah, I'm going to read it in a second. But one of my things to like your point of saying that it's like, it also kind of brings you back to the conversation of like, the the whole debate of should she have stayed with Josh? Should she have not? Should she have put more of a fight? It's like, you have three kids, your mom is sick, your mom verbally has, has said that she wants you to work things out with him yeah. times. So it's like, she was just probably like, you know what, forget it. It's the easier thing to do is just to stay with him. And we have these kids in this life and I have my mom and I just don't want to worry about it. And so it was just not saying that she shouldn't be with Josh or it wasn't the right move, but it was the easier move for sure. For sure. And her mom did say, I just want to see you guys work things out. I, I don't know. I, I took that to mean just to make it easier for the, all of the family right? That she wanted them to stay together, right? Is how I saw it, which I was, I kind of was surprised by, but, um, you know, they have, they do have kids together and it would be hard for me though, if I were her, I would have put it on the back burner in the same way and not like have jumped and been out of the situation or jumped back into renewing my vows. I think she did the right thing. I think she did it perfectly and how she needed to do it and handled it really great because you know, she got back with him and she's kind of making normal, like her kids' lives are going to be rocked from losing this, their grandmother. Oh, and, when she was having the conversation with little Dan uh, oh, I was just like, we'll talk about it. But I mean, just, and then, you know, on top of it to have the situation with their dad. So it was just going to be a lot for them. And I think she really knew that too. But yeah, so like you said, we'll jump right into it. I mean, Angie, in the beginning of this episode, just she just, they have this conversation. She's bad. It's bad. It's like, Mm -hmm. she's doing really bad. Um, and I just can't imagine that conversation say like, so my, I, my mom is, has been battling cancer for years. I mean, like years, years, um, Mm -hmm. and has, uh, melanoma. And so, you know, we've dealt with that for, a lot of like my life, I feel like, but I remember asking my mom that exact question, like, how bad is it? How, you know, and it, I just can't imagine ever getting that response of it's bad. Like it's really bad. That's not what, why you really, you're asking, you're asking so that you can get reassurance that it's okay. Yeah. I appreciate her honesty though. It's funny. You and I have similar situations. My mom, when I was like five, 
had um, kidney failure and she went into a coma. She was in a coma for two, two years, two months. And they, the doctor said, she's not going to come out of it. She's and like a priest read her, her last rites, like she was supposed to die and she survived. She has this thing called renal tubular acidosis. Yeah. And she's had it all her life. So I grew up with a sick parent thinking, you know, my mom could go at any moment, which really shaped me too, I think. But, um, and then she had a heart attack, um, let's see in 2014 and then quadruple bypass surgery last year. So I've continually thought I could lose my mom at any minute. And so I know how that feels. And I lost my father when I was 14. He passed away when I was 14. So I've lost a parent too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it brings back like a lot of of feelings for me and lots of thoughts and like those conversations. I've had those conversations with my mom, like when she went into her quadruple bypass surgery, open heart surgery, like we've had those types of conversations. And I think I really do believe that it mentally toughens you in a lot of ways. And emotionally, I think I'm a stronger woman because of it. I'm actually grateful that I've gone through that. And I'm I'm glad that McKinsey, because sometimes it's so much, like my father died suddenly. So that was much more difficult because we didn't expect it. When you you have a parent who's been sick for a while, kind of like McKinsey, two years, you start to mentally prepare for it. Um, You start to like really value the time you have. You think about how you talk to them, what you say to them. Even now, my mom's doing great and I cherish every moment I have with her. I try to treat her like a, the gem that she is, it changes everything. It really puts life into perspective. So I'm glad McKinsey had that time. I think they knew it was going to happen. So it probably wasn't, it's always hard, but when you can prepare for it, that's like a whole different game. I don't know. I commend you for all of that. That's just so insane. And it's hard a lot, but I like you say that it shaped you into the, that is so cool to hear you say that because I don't feel like that. Really? I feel like I've known about it for so long. So like every day it's always in my mind, my mind. Right. So that's what it's like for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always on your mind. So it must have been for Mackenzie, like every day it passes through your mind, like, Oh, today could be a bad, really bad day. And things could just change forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think about that, but I think I still could never come to like, I would be no good. I would yeah. so be no good. I don't think I would be one ounce strong if anything ever happened because I've been dealing with it for so long. Like, I think I would literally die of a heartbreak Aww. if my mom died. I, or something, I just couldn't even. I mean, I know I would be broken too. I think for me, it's more like, cause so many things happen in our lives. Like I've been through a tough divorce. I've been through those things. And it's like, that's nothing to me. I'm like, I can get through that. Like, I don't understand, you know, going through like a tough divorce or something like that. It's like when you, when someone dies and talk to me, like that's when it's really tough, like, like shape up, ship up. Like, I'm not saying you, but just in general, like, like that's, that's what really matters. Like if I were to lose my daughter or something like that, like, like my mom always said, and it's something I believe Stephen Hawking said, like when there's life, there's hope. So like, as long, my mom always says, as long as no one's dead, like it's not the end, like you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so that's kinda, but, but yeah, once, once that person goes and it's a whole other ball game, like you're allowed to fall apart. But for me, it's kind of been like, she's still alive. She's still doing well. Like I can get through this. Like I said, when I went through my divorce, it was so hard because there was a horrible custody battle, but I was like, nothing can shake me. My daughter's alive. I'm alive. My mom's alive. Like I'm going to get through this. I just feel like, and it kind of made me because my life felt so not like I not in control as I was growing up, 
made me into a perfectionist. And I know that might sound like a bad thing, but I, for me, it was a good thing because I wanted to do well. And I was like a go-getter and assertive. And I, I was striving to, to like have what I wanted in life. I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't like lazy and complacent and, um, someone who was just like, Oh, this, this life is fine. Like she made me want more, you know? It's so cool to hear the journey. Yeah. And I love hearing you think about it and your point of view on it because, and I think it, it goes so well with Mackenzie's story and what so many other people that could be going through similar things that we've been through in our lives or, you know, Mackenzie just went through. I mean, this is just, everybody goes through this and it's so hard and it's really cool that you have such a great outlook on it. Unlike me, I'm like no good over here. No, but look at all your wisdom. Look at how far you've come and what you have dealt with and your every day you get up knowing that it, it could be the last or something could happen and you're, you still push forward. You don't like give up and you're not just like, I give up. I'm not, you've done so yeah. much in your life. You have your own little one coming. You have, you've done like, you've done amazingly for yourself and you probably don't even realize how much it shaped you and how much your perseverance and like your, you know, your ability. Yeah, to push that through. is so true. Well, did you, you probably saw my mom's reaction. Oh my God. Yes. I loved it. I love so funny, reaction. but that was awesome. But yeah, they so, so excited. I'm so excited. If you haven't seen you guys need to need to see so funny. Um, but anyway, so with Mackenzie, I mean, this is just like the hardest conversation I think she's probably ever had to have when her mom finally tells her like, because that's the last thing as a mom, you're a mom, like the last thing you would want to tell your daughter is the worst news in the entire world that you aren't. I know. There's no more hope. You're taking but all the whole I think as a mom, I would still be like, it's, it's going to be okay. I know I'm going on to a better place. Like, I want you to live your best life. I want you to be happy. Like, promise me you'll do this, this, and this, which she kind of said in the episode before. Well, I want to ask you I this. would still go into mommy mode and trying to protect her. Yeah. I mean, I want to ask you this. Like, I remember growing up and always saying to like, whoever I would talk to about it. And I would say like, I don't know. I feel like my mom would lie to me if, if it was really bad. I think she would just say it's okay. What would you do? Like, like, it doesn't seem like Angie was that type of mom to sugarcoat anything. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about what that? would I do with my daughter? Is that yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't want to lie to my daughter. I mean, she's so young. My daughter's nine. And so yeah. if I were thinking about her at Mackenzie's age, okay. I definitely wouldn't lie. But I think to a nine-year-old, yeah, I don't even think, because my daughter's so mature and like understands the world and we kind of like are, we're very open about like, we're such an open family. I think I would tell her the truth, but I would, I would, I still want to protect her little heart. So I would probably say, you know, that I'm just going to be waiting for it. I mean, we believe in God and yeah. heaven. So I would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be around you. I'm going to be in heaven. I'm going to be waiting for you. So she still sees it as something positive of, even though it's going to be hard for her, but definitely wouldn't lie. Yeah. Oh, it's so. What, it's about, so what about you? What would you say? Do you think? I don't know. Again, I'm no good. I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, um, I think. I mean, yeah, it depends on the age. Exactly yeah. what you said. It definitely depends on the age. But no, I couldn't because then then there's that shock value of like, what do you mean? My mom literally just told me yesterday she was fine. Now she's like gone. That's crazy. And that would be really hard and. So I just wanted to ask you because comparing like you with your dad and his sudden, you know, everything being so sudden with him and then your, your 
mom going through stuff for so long and like she's good and everything like I just I wanted to see because you kind of dealt with both yeah like I think if it were an older daughter I would I would keep wanting to impress upon her that so that she feels good about not good about it but less sad that like hey even if I were I don't even want to say this like my demise I knew was coming soon today I would still tell my daughter, I've lived such a good life. I've accomplished so much because I really do feel that way. I've lived a wonderful life. I've done a lot in my life. Like, don't be sad for me. I'll yeah. miss you. But know that like, I like lived the hell out of life, honey. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm a positive person. So that's what I tell her. That's so sweet. And I think that's a lot of what Andrew tries to say when she said, you know, I did these marathons and I had this great life with your dad and you kids and I got to have grandchildren and, and it's really cool, but it was really sad when she said one day I went from running marathons to not, not being able to walk walk. and that's, I mean, that hit home for me. I just was like, that is such a good comparison. I mean, we see the video and the pictures of the, the, the video doing the, the marathons and everything. And it's like that type of healthy, healthy person is just infected with this disease. It's just so heartbreaking and, and, and upsetting. But one of my quotes that I know you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. She says, she says, when it gets handed to you, you need to do the best that you can and become what you were always supposed to be. And it literally makes me choked up saying Mm -hmm. it because though, like those words are so strong. You have to be what you were always supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Think about it. When you think about your life, like, and what you did, you've done. And if it's coming to an end, it's like, oh, I want to do everything I can. Exactly. Be the nicest and be the kindest. And, and Spend time with the people I really love and care about. I think we as humans live our lives so much in fear of uh, what will people think of me? Um, am I doing like, am I living up to what's expected of me and people live their lives like, like doing what, what others want or what others expect. Like I learned, like I said, that's why it's made me into a better person with my mom having to deal with this and then losing my mom suddenly a, I don't care about what anyone thinks of me. And it took, it takes a while to get there. Cause I think for women, especially, you know, you care like, Oh, do they think I'm smart? Do they think I'm you know, successful. Like I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be happy. Not going to care what people think about me and follow what I really, really want to do. And I seriously, every day do think about that because it, I have to with my mom. I think about if tomorrow were my last day, am I doing the things that I really want to do? So it makes it easier for me to say no to things. makes me easier to be nicer to the people that I love and to try to spend more quality time with my daughter, et cetera. And I think even these quarantine times are make, are, are allowing us to like reflect upon that too. I was just going to say that, but first of all, I want to say like how perfect you are to be talking about this episode and this, because <laughs> just think about the people that are watching this and what they're taking away from it, because these are the conversations. These are the, the tips that, that we need to be refreshed on. And like you said, in quarantine, we're all getting a reset button because it really does make you, forces you mm-hmm. to think about what's really important. And it's like, you can get sucked into buying things online even now in quarantine. And it's like, all right, well, what is that really doing? Because like, what are you going to do with that stuff? Like, stuff hey, You're not going to take it with you. No. And just, you know, 
all the the relationships and and seeing people you take it all for granted and I would just do mm-hmm. anything to like hug my friend right now like a friend or like I know you and know, a lot of people don't do a lot of things in life out of fear they're like what will people think of me why well, I look silly like I do you know I'm I'm a you know I work in law I have my own company these things and and most of what I do on TV is like political and legal and I have this fun little side, like guilty pleasure of watching Teen Mom. I was telling my fiance, I was like, yeah, I'm going to jump on the Teen Mom after show. I was like, Teen Mom, like, what? Is that your brand? Like, and I'm like, I don't care. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I don't care it's, if it's off brand. Like, he's like, you're a lawyer. Like, you're not, well, I don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, I enjoy watching Teen Mom. It's my fun, guilty pleasure. And I get to talk yeah. about it for an hour with like friends, like, who cares? Like people yeah. take life way too seriously. And that's what prevents you from like creating, um, being yourself, being creative, like doing what you want to do. Like you have one life, like why stifle it and be worried about the rest of the world? Because I guarantee you when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be like, Hmm, I wonder if people thought I look stupid. Like talking about teen mom as the 38 year old, I just gave away my age. <laughs> oh God, stop it. You are. It's so like, be you. My other favorite quote in my, in my life is this ain't no dress rehearsal. Like this is real life. You have one chance, like always do what you want to do and go full out. You know, that is so true. And that's exactly what Angie embodies in a, as a person and everything she says, because, you know, she's literally on her deathbed and she's just like, you know, you guys telling her daughter, you know, just become who you were always supposed to be anything you've ever wanted to be. I just, those words just, Oh, they hit me. It's so great. Mm -hmm. Um, but we move on to her, um, fainting at home. So that's kind of how things got started and you know what, you know, at the end there and, um, you know, so Mackenzie picks up the kids and she has this conversation with Gannon. Do you want to talk about that? Poor baby. Yes. It also made me think about if I had to have that conversation with my daughter and like my mom too. I you could tell it was just so much for him to process. And he was just just thinking about the foreverness of it, the, the finality of it. He said the, the thing that touched me the most, he's like, is, uh, is grandma going to get out of the hospital? And she's like, no, honey. He's like, she's going to be there forever. She, or she's going there to stay forever. He's like, well, yeah, until, until she's, she's going, she goes to heaven. And he was just like, you could just tell how complex it was and his little mind and his eyes open. And he asked if, if grandpa was sad and she's like, yeah, he's sad. And it just, Oh, I, that's when I started to break down. And but it's funny how and resilient then you could children see, are. Like it just processing in the head. Mm-hmm. Did I lose you? No, I can't hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's so true. I, I mean, and it you it's funny, you could see it kind of like processing for him. Um and he was just saying, you know, is she gonna be there for Christmas? Oh, like yeah. he c- still couldn't grasp it yeah. really. Yeah. It was hard to see all the the video playback of her life and seeing everyone sad and mourning. And we kind of got that feeling kind of like her life flashed before our eyes. We got to see her, her mom when she first had Gannon when he was a baby. Yeah, this was just a sad episode. We knew it was coming. It still wasn't hard. It was still was hard to, to get through. 
but really nice. I mean, they get her house paid off and they're able to tell her that, that she is leaving without that worry or that burden for her husband. So that was so sweet. And then another quote that she ends up saying is don't spend time hating anybody. Just love everybody. It's so true. It's so true. Again, it's like, what more, what more do you even have to say? You know, and think about that too. When you think about hating others or being envious of others or whatever it is, they're not experiencing that hate. You are. Yeah. Like you are. Yes. It's it's you're the one that's suffering the whole time, not the other person. That's, Oh, I love how you said that. Yeah. yeah, They're not. Yeah. You're experiencing it. It's like that quote. I think it's like, um, like hating or disliking someone else is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. Like you're the one ingesting the poison and you're, it's affecting Oh my God. I love these. (laughs) I'm like Plato today. No, I just thought about that quote. I read a long time ago. It really sank in. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is. That's so true. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Mackenzie's whole storyline in this, it was just heartbreaking, but I feel like we learned a lot, touched upon a lot with her and, um, you know, it was hard to watch, but I think she's an incredible, incredible woman Mm -hmm. that how she handled her son with that was just flawless. And I mean, you really couldn't. I could not do that type of job. I'm telling you that much as a mom. That imagine on camera too. Oh my God. Um, but we really obviously wish them all the best. And I'm so glad that she's not suffering anymore and that she, you know, they had the time with her and they, I'm really glad they got to tell her that the house was paid off. She was so worried about that. They got to say like, it's, it's nice to be able to like have some closure and think about it. She'll be able to memorialize her mom's life and like look back on it for all those years since she first had Gannon, which is really nice to have. Like, that's another thing I thought about. I was like, okay, you know, she can always go back and watch these videotapes of her mom. Like, I want to like take more videos of me and my mom, take more pictures. That's another thing. Like, so you have those memories because once they're gone, they're gone. So you want to hold on to that stuff. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to Caitlin, who, I mean, I just feel so weird moving on and like talking about these other like parts of these other girls' lives because they're just so irrelevant, I feel (laughs) like, in this situation now. Um, But we have to. But let us know what you guys think down below and if you've had a similar situation or you have any, um, you know, thing you want to add. We would love to carry the conversation out with you guys down in the comments below. we're always here for support and um, anything like that, really. Yeah, and I'd love Brooke to hear Brooke has a lot positive of stories. I'd love to hear positive stories of experiences that people have had, like life changing experiences where they came out on the other side for the better. Like that pumps me up. Yeah, see, I'm all dark and sad. No. And brings it all up for you guys, rainbows. <laughs> Give us positive stories, please. Do. <laughs> all right, so we move on to Caitlin, who is positively trying to better her life, which is great. I love seeing her in a good mood. She's trying to go be a vet tech possibly in the Mm -hmm. beginning of this episode. Um, but, but then like contradicts herself and like, doesn't really know if she wants to do it. What did you think of that Brooke? When she was just like, maybe I'll just be a receptionist. I don't really know. Maybe I need to go to therapy. And I mean, 
I think that's common for someone who hasn't figured out what type of career that they want to do. And they are, like Tyler said, you maybe you're just fearful that you're going to fail, like you're going to get started and then you're not going to complete it. And you're going to let people down. Even she said that. Um, I'd like to see her completely go for it. Of course, it's easier said than done. I think at the end, she's like, you know, I'm really just passionate about being around animals. So sometimes there are other avenues. You don't have to go straight to being a veterinarian or being a vet tech. And she was like, maybe I could have a rescue animal shelter or something along those lines. I think it would be good for her. What I think is the time is going to pass anyway. This is the way I see it. So it's like, go after whatever it is you want to do because that time's going to pass anyway. And then it's going to be five years later and you could have had it done. Yeah. You know, what I do just you think, what do you think about her saying like, maybe I just need to go to therapy. Like, how, like what is it? Is that normal to jump? to because Tyler was taken aback by that mm-hmm. he was like what do you whoa like that why do you need to go to therapy like is there something else going on like mm-hmm. he didn't do you know what I mean like was yeah that I mean, she said that she's straight out that she's bored she feels like there's something she wants she wants to like have something to do a purpose I can understand I could never sit at home all day while my child's at school and twiddle my thumbs <laughs> you know what I mean just not me so no. And then she probably in her boredom starts thinking about her past traumas and starts thinking about her relationship with her mom. And then it starts getting those wheels turning and she gets back into that depressive mode. So I'm thinking that's why she said, maybe I need to go back to therapy. If that's what the case is, I'm starting to think about those things again. Mind you, she just had the vacation with her mom where they did get to kind of talk about her, the cycle that they went through. And it's awesome that that she's finally breaking that cycle, but I do think a woman should have having children is wonderful. Somewhat for some women, it's an end all be all. Like for me, my daughter's like everything, but like I'm also multifaceted and a complex woman. And I like to have a career and other hobbies and like more purpose as well. You don't have to just be one person. I think that's where she's at at that age. She's kind of at that point where it's like, okay, motherhood is great, but what more can I add to society? What value can I add? And that's a good thing. I think women should be thinking about that. Yeah, absolutely. My only concern with it is when she, like, is she too reliant on the therapy in terms of like, she has this conflicting situation where what path do I choose? What do I go fully for the vet tech? Do I be a receptionist and try that out for a little while just to get in? Like there's, you know, and that's a normal thing to have all these questions and and what do I do? And it's stressful and it's hard to, to make adult decisions like that. I understand. Mm-hmm. But is it a crutch to, to, to say, oh, oh I, I got to go to therapy now? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, it's quite possibly so. She's been in therapy for a really long time and she's jumped into, not jumped into, but had to fall back on like full on residential rehab multiple times. I I, I think it's a good coping mechanism for her. If it is, though, it's better than going to drugs or alcohol or something like that. True. But but it's a normal adult decision you have to make. So it's like good. She needs to be able to make those decisions instead of feeling like I better go talk to my therapist, too. So I get your point. Just one point at the end I had there with their little conversation. Um, They kind of like dabble in joking about divorce. Did that? Like, wait, did I miss that? It was right at the end when they, right at the end of that conversation, when they're talking about it and he was just like, she said something about having 500 chihuahuas and Uh he was like, 
she goes I'll be sleeping with they'll be sleeping with me in the bed and he said I'll and be he's getting- like okay I get a bed by myself and they kept bouncing off and I was just like all right I feel uncomfortable uh-huh yeah I told I missed the part where he said the d word yeah but, um, what do you think of that but what they've been think- kind of on and off a lot too don't what weren't there there were times when I actually thought they weren't going to make it yeah for sure but I mean, they just had gone through a separation, right? Like in, in her, during her pregnancy with Veda. So it just feel like, I don't know. I'm even a weirdo. Like I got married last year and we, we don't, we would never even use that word. I feel like yeah. that's just so like off limits. It's like being like F you to your like significant other. Oh, yeah. It's like one of those things you just, and I think what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to get across is like, you know, when they say there's like a saying something about your in, intuition, when you joke about something, um, or like, or like a Freudian flip. Yeah. And they say something like I've, I've heard somewhere. It's like, um, if, well, uh, if I, if I died, if I die with this guy tonight, like, let me like, let me just give you my address. Like if, if I never come home, if he's a creep and he steals me or like, if you yeah, joke yeah. about those things, that's really your intuition inside, like yeah. trying to come out and you're trying to cover it with, with, with the with fear the like, mm-hmm. and a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, do you think there's any com- like connection to that? Yeah, I actually do. I really do. Cause like my fiance and I do not joke about that stuff. We, no. you know what I mean? We've been through divorces. Like we're not in it to, to, to do that again. Like it's so for us, it's like sacrilegious to even go there for us. So for that, for him to joke about it, I do think that subconsciously he probably sees it as an option on the table, even if yeah. he's not even feeling that way right then and there. Let me just slip it in there. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's crazy. Speaking of <laughs> like, we're like psychic. <laughs> Speaking of crazy relationships, we have this whole drama with Amber, and now we're introducing a new guy. I wanted to like shake the freaking computer as I was watching. I was like, what? This girl has deeply rooted problems. Like, focus on your children for a second. You just got out of another bad relationship to go on to what? Fourth? Is this fourth? Fifth? Matt, Gary, Matt, Andrew. I just, I can't even, something's, something's not right. You know, I, okay. I just had a full on turn towards her just through this episode. Cause for a long time, I was like, you know what? I'm still rooting for her. She has bipolar disorder. She's made some bad decisions. Addiction is a disease. You know, I had all these excuses for her and supposedly she's not using from what I know. So she's consciously making a decision to put another guy first. It's just like, what is wrong with you? Like, no, now I'm like, I'm done with Amber. Honestly, how do you feel? (laughs) I feel the same way. I'm over here. Just like, yup, yup, yup. Like everything you're saying. It's so crazy. Like I know people like this. I know somebody in particular. (laughs) Give us the juice. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Do you want her name? (laughs) Um, No. So I know somebody very to a T is this person. And they, it's just so crazy to me. Like you need to have your mental health and your self fully healthy because first Mm -hmm. of all to even care for your children 
And then, and then to even go on and be in a relationship, how? And she's already putting him on camera. Like I would be embarrassed. Babe, 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 this, babe, that. He doesn't speak English very well either. I was, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, when he saw the call, I was like, hmm, this is just weird. This is a weird situation. I wouldn't even want her to talk about him to Leah. Of course, James is too small or like even, I wouldn't even, if I were her, I wouldn't even bring it up until I had like a year or more under my belt, but I wouldn't have been looking in the first place either. I don't know. Yeah, but if I was going to say, if you were her, you would not be in the situation from the any of these situations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I waited five years, four and a half years. till after I was divorced to start like seriously dating. She doesn't even have like an pretty, she doesn't even have an ounce of custody of her daughter. That's another, like, how do you even move forward in life? Like that would be my number one priority. priority. You don't even like, and and she has a good relationship with Gary. Why, why aren't you even trying? I don't, it's so crazy. And what we see throughout the eight seasons of her is not having control of her life, bouncing back and forth, of course, being in prison, but, but most importantly, not really having time for Leah. Cause she was quote unquote depressed or anxious or having problems. Oh, I didn't go see Leah because I was dealing with this. I needed the time, but yet she always manages to make time for these new and extra men in her life. It's just really sad and unfortunate. And I do hope that, you know, people have tried to support her. I, I hope that her followers start to like call her out. So she starts to become the woman she needs to become. Sorry. I'm about tough love. Cause this is just getting ridiculous. Focus on your daughter and your son. Yep. But I digress. <sighs> I couldn't have said it better. I mean, at this point, what is the custody agreement with James? You get, she gets him three days a week. First of all, let's see how long that lasts. Second of all, that's not 50, 50, Mm -hmm. right? That's not, no, that's not. And yeah, but, but yet she's already allotting her time to have this guy come. It's just beguiles me. It's really sad. And I just like, he's James is what just over a year. You don't even have him 50% of the time. I would, die if I even like at one years old that's crazy that's an infant baby that's still a baby it's just so crazy but what about Gary um you know he says that (laughs) there's a there's a language that we all speak and the language is love like (laughs) I know Christina was like I love Christina (laughs) she's just like okay I Obviously, mean, he was trying to make light of things, I think, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they're I, like, we're they're, at this point, they're used to her BS, <laughs> yeah, and they're Are just you? like, they're like, you know, hopefully, they take things slow. And I guess he's coming to see her now, so I'm excited to see what the heck that what brings. the heck is it? It's just a train wreck, but it's just that that has been her life. I think she's also come like a from a childhood of trauma in a sense, probably, and so that oftentimes they repeat it. Yeah. You know, trauma follows her. (laughs) She creates it. Oh God. Well, another one that has some drama is Macy. So really not much on her at all in this episode, but you know, Jen wants to take Bentley ice skating and Ryan complains about it. And I mean, we can all predict right now, what some future fights are going to be between Jen and Ryan and and probably Mackenzie's going to join in. But, um, you know, 
really, what do you think about that whole situation of Ryan feels like he can't make Bentley do anything and he gets to do whatever he wants and his mom calls the shots? Like, what do you think is going to happen? So it was funny you asked that because I'm kind of um, a little um, conflicted because I'm glad that Jen has such a good relationship with Macy and she's, she's been the stable one that, that allows Ryan to see his son. Cause if it weren't for Jen and Larry, because of Ryan's addiction, he wouldn't even have access to, to Bentley. So he needs to be grateful that he has stable parents at the same time. I've also seen the way that Jen and Larry parented when he was young and how they, in a sense there, they created Ryan to be the way he is. And I, I don't want them to create a mini Ryan out of Bentley by just allowing him free range and spoiling him so much. But I know it's hard when you're a grandparent, but I've heard all of those past stories where Larry's let us know that the Jen's Jen's primary focus in her life once she had Ryan was Ryan. And it's always been Ryan is coddled. Ryan is like, he's, he's calling, he's basically calling out his mom for doing with Bentley what she did with him. Yeah. His life. And I don't know if it's that he sees it and he's worried for Bentley because he turned out that way or he just feels like he has no control. So that's why he's saying what he's saying. I think the second one, I think yeah. he has no control and he's a big baby. He's, he's a big baby. Exactly. So like, yeah. Yeah. And he's crying about it. And I think you, you hit the nail right on the head because I mean, that is Jen raised Ryan. We all see what the product of exactly. that parenting is and does. Um, but Macy and Taylor aren't going to let it get like that. And I, but I think when he's with Jen and Larry, it is like that. Yeah. He's just this little, you can tell. I, I mean, I wish there's a scene in the golfing episode um, or the golfing scene recently, a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell he has that he's protected. He feels protected under their wing, like from his dad. And I mean, Again, though, we have to, Ryan isn't a dad. He's never been a dad. You, you can't even try to have those rights when you, you, you brought nothing on, on to help yourself there. He's just never, Jen, in a sense, stunted his growth by the way that she raised him, but then his addiction stunted his growth. He never really emotionally matured to be able to, to have that stance altogether especially with Bentley like I'd love to see him get there and it is important that he puts his foot down if he feels a certain way about parenting but he has to show the maturity and the responsibility and we don't even know if he's there yet because I mean last a couple episodes back Macy thought he, he was using again she didn't feel like he looked sober so until he gets a handle on that he's never going to grow and get a handle on being a father yeah. And I mean, I was just going to say that because even in this episode, Macy says, I mean, he was deaf. She says he was definitely not a hundred percent sober. And we've talked about this, me and you, mm-hmm. and we've said, if anybody knows it's going to be her. And by her saying that, I mean, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. Really. Um, and I just think Mackenzie is such an enabler with the discipline with Bentley oh, and just everything. It's like, how did Bentley manage, or um, Ryan manage to have these parents that coddled him, but now a wife that coddles him? I know. Well, they say you seek in a wife what you had in a parent, apparently. So that's coming true for him. She's such an enabler, like beyond an enabler. Their codependent relationship is so toxic. But I was thinking back on the the Jen Bentley thing. I think it at least is good that they Ryan, that Bentley gets a balance because 
because Macy and Taylor are nothing like that. They like yeah. make him do his chores. They're like strict with him. They make him help out around the house. So at least it's not, he's getting two sides of the coin. So I think he'll come out. Okay. Okay. He seems yeah. like a good kid on camera. Seems like yeah. a really good kid. He does seem like a great kid. And I think that's all Macy and Taylor. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're probably right. Can you imagine if, it, if he were only with Jen and Larry, we'd have like Ryan number two. Oh God. Sure. Nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Um, we see, we see in this episode as well, um, Corey struggling to leave Ryder and, um, you know, he's going for the challenge for a couple months and really, really cute, really sad. But I I mean, it really, it really didn't do anything to me because of the whole McKenzie situation. So I didn't really, know. you know, I don't think. I, I don't know. It just didn't do anything to me. It was cute. It was sad, but I mean, you're going to be back, buddy. What did you think about the pregnancy revelation too? I mean, I know it was in the other episode, but just like the whole thing that he's leaving his girlfriend in the midst of her being pregnant and like leaving her during, I guess she won't be, she's not like she'll be having the baby then, but still I'm, I was no. surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about it last week and my thoughts on it were, um, she had, she was very, she had just really found out. Yeah. Like true. what was she like 10 weeks? Well, yeah. 12 weeks, 10 12 weeks. weeks. So by the time he got back, like, sure he would be. So I'm 23 weeks today, actually. And I don't know. I could have like probably done without my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. also, cause you don't, you're not having as many like checkups and stuff yet. Right. Like he's not missing yeah. out on too much. I forget. It's been so long for me. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you don't like, we don't, I don't have anything, especially now, like I'm refusing to do any, go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so my doctors just call me every four weeks or whatever. You have a little baby bump? Tiny. Yeah. Tiny. It's definitely starting now. Yeah. For sure. Cause the longest time people were like, you need to take a pregnancy test. I don't think you're pregnant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's starting and it's so fun and I can't wait for it to just keep getting bigger for some reason, but um <laughs> You won't like, say that when you're nine months pregnant. You're like, this is the middle of the summer. <laughs> <sighs> I remember that part. Oh gosh. So, you know, I don't think, I mean, I, I'm sure that he was thinking about it before they found out that she was pregnant. So I don't think it was like, and I was telling um, Brie last week that like my husband for his job, he goes away sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have said to him a couple of times, like there were a few times where he could have went away for a couple of weeks. And I was like, no, it's fine. He's like, no, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to leave. So that was on him. He didn't want to leave me. I didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, you know what? That could really help your family, your daughters, everyone. That's a, that's so. a big deal. So I wouldn't have any problem with it. Um, but she's emotional and it's obvious and it's sad and, Two months is a long time. It's not not a long time. I mean, we did long distance for a while. I used to live in LA, like, um, you know, and and so we we did that for a while. And it's it is hard, like, it is. And then yeah. when you're pregnant in your first pregnancy, I mean, you're hormonal, you know, like it's hard. Yeah. And I was, um, I remember being really tired, like the first trimester, like just tired, like feeling like dizzy and all of that. So I would like want someone there just in case, but 
yeah After that I was like I was work I was still working out like doing I was like living a normal life so everything like I luckily I haven't had like one problem like I wouldn't even know yeah unless like the kicks I would yeah oh do you feel the flutters already like full-blown kicks now yes I remember yeah. the first time I felt like a little bitty flutter. I was like, oh my gosh. I still remember the day, like where I was, everything. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Actually, I remember I was walking. I was like 16 weeks and I felt some stuff going on. I was like, yeah. What is that? So those things are so fun. And recently, like I think two weeks ago, my husband felt the baby kick for the first time. And like, so he'll probably miss that. Yeah. Which is sad. Um, and like now, the actually last night was the first time we could see the baby kick like from wow really already so it's just so crazy how fast it moves but I think she'll be fine and I was saying like I think it's it's better than like 25 weeks plus like in that time frame I'd be like no no or towards the very end like definitely not yeah that's that would be really tough but they you know what you know, I, I think it's a good situation for them and they obviously made it work out. We all know we'll we'll talk about it in news and gossip. But um, you know, Corey and Taylor take um or Taylor and Ryder take Corey to the, the airport and they drop him off and it was so emotional and 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 sweet. And um he was crying. He's an emotional guy. Yeah, I know. He I kinda is. like that. Yeah, I am not am not used to that. My I my husband like is not emotional. Like he's literally the most emotionless person I've ever met. I remember I was telling you my fiance is the same way. Although I have seen him get like more sensitive and tear up here and there occasionally, which is like never happens. So it's a big yeah. deal when it does. So it's funny. Like, like I just was thinking of my situation. Like if I was in her situation, I mean, and he would just be like, Oh, it's fine. It's, Wow, whatever. Like, <laughs> like you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he's over there, like, yeah. I know. Um, but it was so cute. And I lo- loved how Ryder was just like, Taylor, where's daddy? And she just started breaking down crying. It was just, it was sad. It was cute. I like that uh, Cheyenne has a good relationship with Taylor, too, though. Like, when she dropped off Ryder oh, and they were like, cool. Like, I appreciate that. It's so like, mature to be able to be friends with like the mother you know the baby mama or vice versa yeah it's so 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 cool and so great and it's important um, for the kids yeah for them to see that unlike bentley and macy tries and it's just so hard but yeah so that's it we wrapped those yeah. girls up um let's move on to our special segment um so for the special segment we have Teen Mom OG. So who was the OG of this episode for you, Brooke? I mean, I think I probably said her last time, even though she's technically not an OG, but seeing how strong Mackenzie was in this episode, she's clearly an OG. Seeing her be there for, be strong for her kids, put her whole marriage into perspective in the process, put that aside and be there with her mom, help her mom feel like she could safely kind of leave this world and go on to the next and know that everything's okay for her dad too. It was a hard episode with like, I think a lot of girls, especially teen moms who might be dealing with something similar will really appreciate seeing someone be so strong and know that they can 
get through it too and be just as strong. Yeah, I have to agree. My OG of this episode is Mackenzie too. And just everything you said and her conversation with Gannon and how gracefully she dealt with that was just so commendable. Um, So definitely it was just, she has to take it for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about predictions? What are you predicting for next week? I didn't, you said you saw, I don't know why we were talking about this. We, uh, I know for some reason I was confused and thought that the, this was going to be the finale episode and I didn't see any f- future predictions. Like, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going to be on the next, but just in your, what we've yeah. gone over so far, what's your prediction? Just in general about everyone in my heart of hearts. Not everyone or maybe one or two, like just predictions. Well, Amber's future relationship is probably going to blow up in her face at some point. <laughs> That's a given. That's like easy. You don't have to be a psychic to figure that one out. <laughs> I think I'm going to see Macy continue. I mean, Macy McKenzie continue to grow as a woman, put herself first, continue to nurture this new career she has working as a cheer coach. Oh yeah. That's true. You know, I get stronger that. after what she's been through, you know, it'll make her stronger. I think. I Bye. totally agree. So I predict that Tyler gets frustrated a little bit more with Kate um, and her indecisiveness and picking a career and this whole limbo that she's in with like trying to go to therapy, whatever. I just feel like I could tell he was getting tense in that conversation. And I just feel like that there's, that's not the end of Mm -hmm. that. So I feel like we'll see um, more. And then I also predict Ryan and Jen going at it about the disciplining. Oh, that for sure. (laughs) And that whole thing. So we'll see, but, um, Let's move on to news and gossip. Do you have anything? I don't have anything prepared for news and gossip. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I have that. Um, and I wrote an article today about it. You can find it on AfterBuzz TV's page. Um, Taylor had her baby on last Wednesday. And her name is Mila May. And she weighed oh. nine pounds, five yeah. ounces. <laughs> Was she huge? I, mean, I wouldn't even look at like Instagram pictures beforehand. Was giant she baby. She's giant. She's so super cute. Um, how tall? Do you remember? No, I don't remember how tall. But um, they, a lot of people were saying, or she was saying that Corey, and Corey said, you know, in a live at one point that she looks just like him. I see Taylor. I don't really see Corey. I got to go look. So let us know too what you guys think of little Mila. She's super cute. Um, and I can't wait to see more posts about her. But we have on the next, which is going to be a crazy episode. So on the next episode, Dimitri, Amber's new love partner, um, comes to visit. Okay, get this. Christina says to Gary, did you talk to her about birth control? And he goes, yeah, I told her to, ra- her to wrap it. Like, it just puts into perspective how oh messed up this whole dynamic is. No. Is this your teenage daughter? I'm just confused. I know. it's That's why I said, like, I have written Amber off. I'm just done with her. I mean, I hope she learns. But, like, she, you, you reap what you sow. And this woman is just, like, not being smart about anything. I'm just, like, over her. She's canceled in my book. Canceled. <laughs> Deleted. Bye. <laughs> Report would. Bye-bye. So we'll see um, what happens with that. Yeah, we for sure will. I'm excited to see, actually. 
Um, I'm very good at, and I, I very good. And I pride myself on this for first and reading first impressions. And I will tell you right off the bat, if I liked a person or not. Um, and so I, I can't wait to see what, what do you think about Dimitri just on the phone call that you saw? I don't think I saw enough. No, I will say that I need to gather a little bit more. I'm at okay. like, a. will say this. He seems less, um, I don't know, maybe because he's foreign or something. I know that sounds crazy, but like, uh, what's the word? Like he might not be as much of a problem for Amber. However, the fact that he found her on Instagram, he obviously knows she's of the teen mom fame. So his motives are already questionable, but I don't see him as being as much of a problem as like Matt, for example. Yeah. Who was literally going after... Farah before the money Farah before he even went for Amber yep well I'm excited next week to see what you have to chime into this next part because Cheyenne does not feel ready to put Ryder into school into like preschool or whatever so you've been there done that so I can't wait to watch it and discuss it with you because I'll be there in a couple years (laughs) yes you will be (laughs) so I'll need advice um (laughs) So Kate talks to Ashley, the girl that's living, the friend that's been living with them. And Ashley's like crying and she's, and Kate's just saying to her, as long as you don't lie, um, and when you, as long as you don't lie, you won't F anything up. But once you start lying, that's when you F it up or something. So something happens. Mm. I don't know what, but I'm very curious to see um, and see how they handle it. Um, I always have a weird feeling. I've had a weird feeling about Ashley. Me too. Yeah. Have you? Like, like even when she was going to her court date that day, I was like, is she high? Like she seems off. She seems off. Like she seems like she's still using. I guess apparently she wasn't because I I gather they would have drug tested her that day to let her be on probation and not take her to jail. I would think. That's why we need an attorney over here because I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, okay. usually okay. when you show up for court and it's drug or alcohol related, they generally will have had you drug tested either before or thereafter, usually before or, or, oh. or sometime before by your probation officer. But she seemed super on something every time I see her. Me too. I have a bad feeling about her, whether it's like, whether it's drug related or whatever, like I just have a bad feeling about her. I don't know. Like I could just picture her stealing. I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. I don't know. It's weird, but we'll see. I, Same. I don't know. Um, Bentley explores private schools. So, um, and uh, Mackenzie is crying and telling Josh if he doesn't want to be there for her, then to just leave. You know how I feel about Josh too. I know, but like right now, no, it's a bad time, especially for the kids. It really is. However, she's been feeling in her gut. Like she just can't trust him. When do you, how do you get that back? Like it's it's a process obviously, but I don't, I don't know that I ever could. No, I know I couldn't. So I've let all my flaws out on this episode. Like I I can't do this. If, if someone's hurt me if I can't trust them like I'm not afraid to be on my own 
And I, I'm, it looks like she's not either. And I'm glad, but she's, I think she just felt, feels conflicted because, you know, her mom asked her to try to work it out. She has these kids, supposedly all of her family members want her to work it out. I honestly think at some point, yeah, she's going to start to, I I mean, they're so young still. I think he'll screw up again. He's only 25. Like it's nothing. Um, <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> it's crazy. Like there's just so much time, you know, yeah. ahead of her and to figure it out, but, and to start over if she wanted to really like, you're so a baby, you just start every, people are starting their lives right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it doesn't, there's no, never too late to start over. No. Um, but all right, guys, we will talk next time about all things teen mom and we are really glad like I'm so glad that we covered this because we fit a lot in and we did you know broke down Mackenzie's part as much as we could and I'm so glad that you guys stuck it out with us because it was a tough one um but Brooke where can we find you other than here on Wednesday nights all right, guys, you can find me and my crazy life on Instagram and Twitter at Brooks Solis TV. And I also co-host The Trump Report if you're into politics. It's the same drama, so you guys should find me there too. Perfect. And you can find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Fain. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.